And if you have a Bible, would you turn to Romans 6? We'll be reading verses 15 through 23. Romans 6, 15 through 23. And as we're turning there, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, would you open your word to us this morning? Would you anoint these lips of clay with your Holy Spirit? May the message of God come through. And Lord, may you open our ears and our hearts to receive your word via the illumination of the Spirit of Christ. This we pray in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. This is our, I don't know, seventh or eighth week in the great epistle to Romans. And we find ourselves in a great section, chapters 6, 7, and 8, wonderful place to be. Verse 15 of chapter 6. What then? Are we to sin because we're not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and have been been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now you present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, but what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, the Word of God. This morning, in my haste, I forgot to bring the 12-string Rickenbacker guitar that Matthew has been trying. And um, the 12-string Rickenbacker evokes a song done by the birds called Tambourine Man from the 1960s. You may remember it. Hey, Mr. Tambourine. Right? Very nice and smooth vocal. But the person who wrote the song was a gentleman by the name of Bob Dylan. And if you listen to his version, it's, Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, 
play a song for me. He was a great lyricist, and he still exists, of course, but singer he was not. But in 1979, Bob Dylan got saved, and he wrote a song called You Gotta Serve Somebody. It went like this. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil. It may be the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. We don't know if Dylan was inspired by the words of our text this morning. But his song certainly reflects its truth. Paul says that you gotta serve somebody. You're either a slave of sin or you're a slave of righteousness. That's it. Unbelievers think they're free. They don't want religion. They don't want somebody telling them what to do. They don't want a Bible. They don't want a God. They think they're free when they are slaves to sin. And the world is wrapped up in that right now, aren't they? But actually, they're slaves to sin leading to death. And they will get exactly what they deserve. And that is hell. You've got to serve somebody Spurgeon said, free will, I've often heard of, but I've never seen it. I've met with will and plenty of it, but it has either been led captive by sin or held in blessed bonds of grace. Either you're a slave of sin or you're a slave of righteousness, and there's no in-between. There's no such thing as absolute freedom for anyone. You realize that? No human being is free to do whatever he or she wants. There's only one in the entire universe that's totally free, and that is God himself. Once there was a man walking in the streets of Los Angeles with one of those sandwich signs, sign in the front, sign in the back. The front of it said, I am a slave of Christ. And Pastor Ray Stedman of the Peninsula Bible Church saw it, and as the man walked by, it said, whose slave are you? Everybody is a slave. Everybody. But there's one truth that transforms, and that's this. To be a slave of Jesus Christ is the true freedom. True freedom is found in slavery to Jesus Christ. The world would look at me and say, what? Are we to sin 
because we're not under law but under grace, Paul says, by no means. We're under grace. And he said earlier, where the sin increased, grace increased all the more. And so the argument was, well, if that's the case, should we sin more so there'll be more grace? And Paul says the same thing, by no means. Now, in the church, there is this dichotomy between law and grace. And the people who are afraid of grace, and there are people who are afraid of grace. Did you know that? And what happens if you're afraid of grace is legalism. What people do is say, oh, we can't preach grace because people will do anything they want to do. So we have to preach legalism. You got to do this. You can't do that. You got to do that. You can't do this. We have these lists. And there's churches where that happens. The women come in. Everybody's wearing a dress. If you're a female with a hat, right? And the guys are all dressed in suits with ties because it is a sin for a woman not to wear a dress in church. It is. It's a sin for a guy not to wear a suit in church. It is. And the list goes on. They wouldn't say that necessarily from the pulpit, but that's the case, and you know it. That if you go there in a pair of Bermuda shorts on an August morning to one of those churches, everybody's looking at you like, who let in that infidel? And you know what the problem with legalism is? Big problem. That is the heart sins fly under the radar. People look pretty good from the outside. I got a suit on. I got my new shoes on. I know how to behave in church. I don't say any swears in church. Only when I bang my finger with a hammer, you hear things that the kids never heard before. But all the heart sins like pride and greed and lust, all that stuff is under the radar and nobody talks about that. So there's legalism on the one hand and then there's licentiousness on the other, the two L's. You know what licentiousness is. It's doing whatever you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want. That's licentiousness. We don't want to be legalists and we don't want to be licentious. We don't. And it's not like these are one end of the spectrum, one end of the spectrum, what it is is these principles are operating from the flesh. They're operating from the old man. Remember, last week we said the old man is dead. We died to sin. We're alive to Christ. This is the old chapter of Dave. This is the new chapter, right? And when we're legalist or licentious, we're operating 
from the old life. And the old life is dead. Because as I told you, you're not a cucumber anymore. You're a pickle. You've been baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ spiritually. You can't be a cucumber anymore. You can't get the pickle out of that pickle to be a cucumber, but you sure can act like it. Right? And so part of this whole thing is Paul saying, by the way, you're a slave. And everybody's going, what? And there was lots of slavery around back then. But it was more of a, an employment relationship. There's lots of slaves in the Roman church. They said about a third of the Roman church were slaves. And then there were more that were former slaves. And they had an idea. They said, you know what? We should make the slaves and former slaves wear different clothes. But then the Caesar said, no. We don't want to do that because there's so many of them. They'll know that there's so many of them and they'll come against us in revolt. So Paul is provoking his audience talking about slavery to a people, a church, a third of which is slaves and probably another third of which was former slaves. And he's saying, you're a slave. And he's saying, if you're a slave of Christ, that's a blessed thing. If you're a slave of sin, that ain't a blessed thing. Back when I was a little boy, my dad smoked cigarettes. And he had one of those things, I'll never forget, it was a pelican. It was a pelican ashtray. The pelican's beak held the cigarette. And I said to dad, probably inspired by my mother, dad, can you stop smoking? And he said, yeah, sure, Dave. <laughs> sure, <Dave. laughs> he was putting the ashes on my head. No, just kidding. Uh, he was a great dad. But he smoked Paul Malls. And even I knew. Paul Malls didn't have a filter. Those things would put hair on your lungs. Then he smoked Chesterfields and Lucky Strikes. I used to like the smell. I remember we'd go to the variety store. Dad would pick up a pack of Chesterfields and he'd light it up the first sniff of that tobacco smelled great and after that it was horrible but one day dad quit smoking even you know uh, he wouldn't do it on anybody else's terms he did it on his terms he looked at these things and he said these things are mastering me and he threw them out the window and he never smoked again because he came to recognize that that sin was mastering him. Now, today, as you sit here in church this morning, some of you in a partial stupor, some of you very awake, some of you engaged, other of you sleeping. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope no one's sleeping. This isn't saying, you know, be a slave of righteousness and you'll be saved. It's not saying that. It's saying this. This is not a means to get there, but it's the result of being there. Do you know the diff? So if you are a slave to sin, 
you ain't saved. If you're a slave to righteousness, you are saved. Now, invariably, there are people here that are just like me. So let me address this issue right away. I'm a slave to righteousness, but I still sin. And everybody in this room, I would bet me life on it, still sins too. Unless you're dead, unless you passed away after 11 o'clock. That would be the only exception to my bet. So, uh, (laughs) you still sin. Why? Because sin still indwells us. The Lord Jesus, the Lord God, didn't take that away from us. But the general tenor of our life is to overcome sin. And after we slip out of the insanity of sinning, to hate our sin, repent of our sin, and desire to be sin-free. And sometimes I think about this in sadness, knowing that I'll never be sin-free in this life. And it's kind of it's sad, isn't it? But that's one of the things why we hope for heaven, Right? The old song goes, I know someday I will be free. The weight of sin shall be released. But for now, he covers me. He's got you covered. If you're a slave of righteousness and you occasionally sin, and that's what you'll do, maybe more occasionally than other times, right? We have this kind of thing. Sometimes we're doing great, sometimes we're not. And our progress may have a general sweep upward, but have ups and downs on the way. And as we're going up and down, we're traveling the pilgrim pathway, he covers us. He's got us covered with his blood. His righteousness is perfect. Amen? We are of the most blessed of people I don't know about you, but when I was a slave of sin, it's a miserable existence, isn't it? And I think I've told you about the old song that was written around, I don't know, maybe the 90s. And we used to sing it in worship band. Back then I played an acoustic guitar. And I'll never forget it. There was just one line in it that cut my heart. The song was this, I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe, more than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat, more than anything. And Lord, as time goes by, I will be by your side because I never want to go back to my old life. It was that last line that used to get me. I usually couldn't sing it. 
because I never want to go back to my old life. That's the impulse of the Christian who's a slave to Christ. He or she never wants to go back to his or her old life. Grace does not promote sin because I died. Something happened in my heart and in yours. That's a true Christian. A heart change occurred. And the things that you like, you hate. And so, obedience is the hallmark of slavery. And obedience tells us whose master we are. If you're a slave of Christ, he's your master. You're obeying your master, right? If you're a slave of sin, you're obeying another master. Not a good one. Everyone started this life as a slave of sin. I don't care if you were born into the most Christian family and you said, you know, Pastor David, I was a Christian since I could spell the word. No, you were a slave of sin until you were born again, whatever that, that was. Some people don't really know when, but until you were born again, you were a slave of sin. And there's only one way to go from slave of sin to slave of Christ, and that is by being born again, by having a heart change. That heart change comes from God. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from me. I can't change my own heart, but he can. Of course, I can do things I can read his word. I can use the means of grace. But at the end of the day, the heart change comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the appetite for sin starts to get, I can't even eat that anymore. Right? It's one of those things. You have a new appetite. Think about it. If you're 60 years old and you brought your grandkids to the amusement park, and little Johnny is over there eating, you know, fiberglass, whatever it is. They call it cotton candy. It could be be insulation from a house. I don't know what it is. But anyway, I don't know how many of you people at 60, 65, 70 are saying, yeah, give me the cotton candy. I want to stuff myself with that. You just know it's gross, right? Sugar is gross. It's bad for you. It's addictive. It's not good for your blood sugar, right? If you're diabetic, you're going to kill yourself. Your retinas are going to jump out of your eyeballs. You're going to go blind. All those things, your appetite changed. And it's the same way that our appetite changes once we are born again. We still sin, but we don't want to. And we're trying to overcome it, but we're weak and we fall into it and we repent from it and we work to weaken it. That's our job until the day we die. And when you die, you'll be the most free person in the world because you won't be able to sin. Isn't that funny? Isn't that ironic? The world says, give me all the sin now 
give me all the gusto. And it's in misery, it's in chains. Heaven says, there's no sin here. And you're the most free and the most blessed, happy that you'll ever be without the presence of sin. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're watching for. Amen? Remember the uh, Pharisees? Jesus said to them, you're slaves of sin. And they said, we've never been a slave to anyone. And Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. Can you imagine the hypocrisy? They had been slaves for 430 years, and they're saying, we haven't been slaves to anyone. <laughs> a complete lie. God changes our hearts and minds. He changes it from the inside out. We will not be sinlessly perfect in this life. We will be tempted. We will be tried. We have desires that pop up once in a while. But we are to battle. Right? The Bible says to put off and put on. Put off the old nature, put on the new. Wax on, wax off. You get it? Okay. We want to win over sin. The world doesn't care. Give yourself as a slave to righteousness. Give yourself. And remember that there is a point, and I don't know when that point is, but if you give yourself as a slave to sin, God's going to give you a paycheck you don't want. The wages of sin is death. But if you're a slave to righteousness, God's going to not give you a paycheck. He's going to give you a gift. It's called eternal life. And it will never end. But it's a daily battle. Take a look at your own heart. We said in Sunday school today, I gave homework and I said, if you're in that class or if you're in the church, go home today tonight, look in the mirror, the first thing you do is say your name, David, and then you say, yes. And the question from this morning is, who are you discipling? Hopefully you have an answer. The second question is, David, yes. Are you a slave to Christ? Ask yourself. Examine yourself. Do the diagnostics. Right? Be on guard. You're spiritual. Condition means everything. 
more than your bank account, more than your routine, your 401k, your IRA, the worries about this and about that, the biggest thing is your destiny. Everybody's going there. I want to see you all there. I don't want to lose anybody. Do you remember the Old Testament? You say, Pastor, I, I don't even know if I've read the Old Testament. A funny thing happens in the Old Testament. They had slavery. The Bible doesn't condone it, but it doesn't condemn it either. But they had slavery. And then they had the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was the seventh year. Everybody would go free. Debts were, you know, washed away. But the funny thing happened, and it's described in Exodus 21, 5 through 6. If the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. Did you know that's how earrings began? Everybody had a hole in their ear if they were one of these slaves that were given freedom who didn't want it. The Lord Jesus Christ has given us freedom. And we say, I love my master. I want to be his slave forever. Take the all and bore the hole through my ear. That's a Christian. Did you know that Christians are called slaves in the New Testament more than they're called Christians? Doulos, slaves. If we wanted to water it down, we'd say servants. Doesn't sound half as bad, I suppose. But I go with slaves. He calls us friends too, doesn't he? And it's a blessing to be his slave, his friend. But the thing that's heartbreaking is when people are not given up. You know what I mean? They say they're slaves. They want to be slaves. But they keep living like they're not. And they're not yielded to Jesus Christ. They're not doing what he says they should do. The Lord says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? If you're a slave of Christ and he's your master, why do you not do what he says? I'll leave that there for you.
Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you that we have been set free to be blessed slaves of you, Master. And so help us, Lord, to walk in a manner worthy. Help us, Lord, to live out that which you have given, the grace that you have freely bestowed on us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen.